This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is also brought to you by Vidyard, the best platform for creating, managing, and optimizing your video content marketing. And the show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. The hosts of the show are Randy Frisch and Tyler Lessard. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. Now, here's Randy, Tyler, and this week's special guest. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros Podcast. I am Randy Frisch from Uberflip. I've got Tyler Lessard joining me from Vidyard. And just a reminder that we are part of the Convince and Convert network of podcasts. And today we are going to talk to someone who's kind of got some pressure on her over the years. Can you imagine leading content at a company that's called the Content Marketing Institute. I mean, it's you, know, you talk about pressure jobs, you talk about all eyeballs on you, talk about having to show how to do it right. But as marketers, I think that's something we all obsess over is how do we do it right these days? What's the best practices? And that's why content marketing has been such a great way to teach marketers how to go to market, how to stay in the loop. Tyler, why don't you introduce the first guest who I know we've gotten a chance to meet over the years. Well, not only has Michelle Lin been under the pressure to be a great content marketer at the uh, Content Marketing Institute, but uh, you've done so for a number of years. So we've got somebody here today who's been at uh, CMI for over seven years and helping to guide not only their own internal content strategy, uh, but working with many different organizations, helping educate them on content marketing best practices, uh, helping to publish their bi-monthly magazine, chief content officer, um, as well as be a major major part of their annual conference, The Content Marketing World. So who better, ladies and gentlemen, to talk to us today about what's new in the world of content and what's old that may be new again. So um, maybe you could just quickly introduce yourself, Michelle, and give the audience a bit of background on yourself and uh, what you've been up to the, uh, the last six, seven years or so. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for that wonderful introduction, Tyler. Um, as you said, I have been with the Content Marketing Institute since 2010. I was actually the first person who, who Joe hired back in, in the day. So I've been with, with CMI since the organization um, launched. So I worked with Joe to put together the actual plan to figure out, you know, to put together the, um, the, the, the blog schedule and to actually launch the company in April 2010. And since then, I've been working on all aspects of, of the editorial we have, like you mentioned, we have a magazine, we have a daily blog, we have an event, you know, webinars, we have annual research and, and so forth. So I've been in such a wonderful position to be able to be part of this team and part of this broader um, community all around, all around content marketing for the last seven years. So it's been wonderful. So it's been, uh, you know, I think, uh, I mean, some people may say it's been a short seven years. Some people may say it's felt like a really long seven years. Um, but I, I think one of those things in the world of content marketing still being a relatively new discipline within business is that it has changed a lot over, uh, over that time though. Um, you know, some of the things that you've talked about, you know, webinars, blogs, research, those things, uh, continue to stand the test of time, but I'm curious to kick things off. Just, uh, what, what did you see over the, the last decade in this world of how, 
how things evolved from a broad uh, content marketing perspective and, um, you know, for either yourselves or what kind of trends you were seeing in the market and, um, you know, what, what sort of things didn't surprise you and what sort of things maybe have surprised you over the last few years? Yeah, I mean, I think when we first started doing this, um, the whole concept of content marketing, it was it was just gaining traction. And a lot of people, the whole conversation was around why content marketing. And I think over the last seven years, the conversation has really shifted into how to do content marketing. And, you know, even, you know, just from a, a business perspective, you know, in 2010, we were one of, of the, you know, few companies, you know, talking about content on a, on a regular basis. But now, obviously, there are so many companies who are too, who, who also talk about content marketing. So the space has become really, really noisy and, and really, really loud. So I think, you know, as, as um, an educator in this, in this space, we've really had to look at how we can best help people. I think the, the model that worked really well in 2010 is, is definitely going to be, be shifting because there's so much information out there. And I think now, you know, people really need more help, help connecting those, those dots and it help, you know, figuring out that path from start through, through finish. So that's something that we've been talking about as, as an organization to really not just give information, but making, making sure that we're packaging the information in a way that really helps people work, work through their process in a, in a logical way. Yeah, it's interesting. Just to jump in there, guys. I, I mean, I remember being at Content Marketing World, which is the huge conference you guys have pulled off in an amazing way in Cleveland year over year. And I remember in the first number of years when I would go, to your point, Michelle, it was all about the value of creating content and what it'll do. But I, I feel like that narrative changed a bit, maybe not this past year, maybe it was a year before where Joe kind of said, like, only do it if you're going to do it well right? It, it was like no longer preaching to do content marketing because you have to. It was, if you're not going to do it right, don't do it, right? And and I think that's a, you know, very aligned to, as you said, just maybe it's the maturity of what we're seeing with content marketing. Absolutely. And I think there are so many people who believe in the value of, of, of content marketing. And I think that the intent of many businesses is a good one, but I think that the way they're actually executing their their content marketing has a lot of issues. I mean, either they're still marketing product content and they're saying, oh, we have content, so it's content marketing, but it's not really helpful to the business. Or we have people, you know, I see organizations just trying to publish content so they can have a quote-unquote content marketing strategy. But again, if it's not audience-focused, if it's if it's not different. So I, I feel like, I feel like in a way, there's a lot of there's a, a lot of opportunity for marketers who can do content marketing well to, to really succeed, to really succeed in this space, even though it is really crowded because there's a lot of companies who are doing it, but they're not necessarily doing it in the right ways. So with that in mind, like, can you maybe give us a couple of examples, you know, at this point, and, and I hate to be negative, but let's go the negative, right? You know, the people who have adopted content, but are maybe doing something that's like, their, their downfall at this stage. So they, they overcame that first challenge. They said, okay, we're going to create content. We're going to you know embrace content marketing. But as is, is Content Marketing Institute is out there and you're out there working with clients, what are some of the things, like maybe give us three that are just you know huge pitfalls? I mean, I, well, I think the, the one thing that I definitely see the most often is that people are producing content just like everyone else is, is producing. And I think that you know, if, if you are just adding to the, to the, to the noise, I mean, do we really need another 
you know, how-to article that's a really basic overview how-to article about whatever it is, whatever happens in, in your in your space. So I, I feel like people aren't, if people are not producing content that's really differentiated to their to their mission or, or what Joe calls their their content tilt, I feel like again people are just adding to the noise instead of actually um, answering people's questions. So I think that's that's one one pitfall. Um, another pitfall that I really see in the space is I think that people as as the space grows, people have so much content out there, but the experience that the audience has to find that content is not always a, a um, good one. So many websites, and I would say CMI is actually, we're, this is something that we're also working to, to, to fix, but so much of our content is based on what was published the, the most the most recently. And I think that companies that have a lot of content like like CMI can really take an op, have an opportunity to package up their content better so that the experience that a person has once they come to someone's website, they can actually find what they need based on on where their current need is, not based on what was the most recently pu- published, if that makes sense. Um, so I think even though there's a lot of great content out there, people just can't find it. Um, so I think that is a is, a, is another pitfall. And I think the third pitfall, you know, I would talk about is I think it's, it's all around the way that marketers are are working. I feel like there is this need for marketers to do, you know, to publish so often and to be on every single so, so social channel and to, you know, always be on. I feel like not only is that not a a great experience for their users because if you if you're spread so thin, you you can't do any one thing well. But I also think that it's tough for the marketers, you know, it's tough for us too, because if we're always on, then we don't have that time and that space and that place to actually create that really meaningful content, which our customers really, really need. So there's, there's this, there's this tension to do more and there's this tension to do better, but until you do less, you really can't do better. You know, it's interesting, Michelle, you, you, there's a lot to think about uh, as just going through as you talk about that of, of the different variables people need to think about in their content strategy to, to be successful with it, right? And, you, you know, you brought up a bunch of things there quickly that I think all have implications. One is the content itself, right? So how are you approaching the content to make sure that it's valuable and timely and relevant and all those wonderful things. Um, There's the channels you're using to distribute that content. Um, There might be the technology behind the scenes that you're using to make sure that you're surfacing the right content at the right time to the right individual, whether it's the newest piece of content or or something that's older. Um, And and there are, I think, other sort of pillars that go into a content strategy, uh, which are really making it, again, more than just what we thought about 10 years ago of creating great content. It's now, you know, the opportunity is much richer, um, but I also think the things we need to think about, um, you know, are a lot different. And I think it's a natural evolution for a lot of, you know, areas of marketing. Um, so on that note, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious how you guys have traditionally thought about what are those pillars to a successful content strategy um, as you as you look at those different things and there may be processes and people and whatnot. But, but do you have a simple model that you like to use when you think about, you know, one of those different pillars? Yeah, I mean, when I talk about a content marketing strategy, the, the three questions that I always think that any strategy should answer are one, who is, who is your audience? Um, this is super minor, but I always hate when people say, which, which, which audience are, 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 are you targeting? I'd rather focus on which audience are, are you helping? Because I think that really puts people in the mindset that content marketers should be, and like how how can how can I I serve my 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 audience today? So getting really but, 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 
but wait a minute, Michelle, aren't we targeting personas, not real humans? (laughs) 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 Yes, I say that in jest. Crazy. You know what I mean? We're talking. We're targeting you and me and people who have you know lives and kids and families and other and other commitments. So I know you're you're being funny, but it 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 does drive me be crazy. We're not we're not these cardboard people out out there that you know what I mean. People can actually target. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, the the more that you can figure out who who the who that real person is to your point, who you can actually help, I think is a really good thing. So that's the first thing in your strategy. The second thing I always think that the strategy to talk about is how your company can help that audience in a way that, that nobody else else can. And again, this goes back to being differentiated. It goes back to, to Joe's content tilt. But um, if you want to actually get through all of this noise, get really specific and get really niche and figure out, you know, where is that gap in the marketplace and how can, how can you actually serve serve people? In a different way, and the third thing I think any content strategy um, should in, should in, should include is a talk is talking about how your content is going to move the, the business forward. How are you actually going to know that that your content is 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 successful? So what are what are what do those metrics look look like? Um, and for what it's worth, I think those metrics change over, over time. You know, when you're first getting started, you really can't you know, trace your content to, you know, sales and revenue and, and so forth. So, but, but what is that, what is, what is, what does success look, look like initially? And what does success look like as, as your company, you know, moves, moves further down that path. So that's a very, very simple, like if I was going to say, you know, if you're going to hit your strategy, if a strategy should have three things, those are exactly the three things that it, it should have. But, but to your point, you know, we, we I also look at, um, the people, the process, and 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 the technology as as part of that plan too. And I look at those things in that specific order. You know, a lot of people jump to the technology first, but that's not going to be successful unless you have the, the people in place and the processes in place to actually figure out which technology you, you need and then figure out how you can actually use that 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 tech well. So one of the things I've always loved about Content Marketing Institute is is obviously the frameworks like the ones that you just gave us, Michelle, but the other thing I like is you guys are doing a lot of research and a lot of, uh, you know, chatting with a lot of customers, even just through the consulting that you guys do on a day to day basis. Do you have any stats for us? Like, are people doing what you're advising? Like, what? how good is the adoption of a strategy in the first place these days before people even start creating content? So we, this is actually to your point. So we've done um, content marketing research over the last seven years, and we're actually publishing our seventh annual survey tomorrow around B2B marketers. Um, and so I don't have that data top at, I don't have all the specific stats top of, of mind, but over the last few years, we've been asking uh, marketers how many of them have a, a documented um, strategy and around 40%, I believe do. So I think that that's, um, so I year over year, we do see that up, get that, that number change a, a, a little bit, but that number is, is pretty much sticking in, in that in that same spot. Um, but we always tell, I mean, that's part of the story that we always tell. Be, before you do anything else, you always need that content marketing strategy. That's scary. I mean, I, that's not even a glass half full type of story, 40%. I mean, we, we got to get that that positive story higher because that, that's 60% who essentially don't. So let's let's take a quick break here on Content Pros Podcast. We're going to dig into some of the strategies that Michelle's been working with with companies right after the break as we hear from some of the sponsors that make this podcast possible. 
Hey everybody, this is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert reminding you that Content Bros is sponsored by Uberflip, a cloud-based platform that helps marketers like you create personalized content experiences to showcase the content you've created. You, not IT, you can create engaging content hubs that your audiences will love. I use it all the time. My team uses it all the time. With Uberflip, you'll deploy content faster, accelerate your lead gen, and enable your sales team with personalized content throughout the sales cycle. Go to uberflip.com slash pros, uberflip.com slash pros to find out how you can be a content pro by showing your company that the content experience matters. The show is also brought to you by my friends at Vidyard, the new generation video platform that helps you unlock the power of video today. Love, love, love Vidyard. Use it all the time. Super easy, interactive, personalized video experiences. You can boost your online conversion rates, track the true performance of your video content well beyond the view count. Visit vidyard.com today to see how you can use video to deliver better results across all of your marketing programs. Also wanted to let you know some super exciting news. We've just launched a brand new podcast, a companion to Content Pros. It's called Experience This, an unbelievable show all about customer experience and the brighter side of how companies interact with their customers. It's hosted by the amazing Dan Gingas and Joey Coleman. It's at experiencethisshow.com, experiencethisshow.com, or find it on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. You are going to love it. Each week has several different episodes, lots of multimedia, really interesting show. It is going to be a barn burner. If you like content pros, you're going to love Experience This. Give it a listen, won't you? Thanks as always for listening to Content Pros. Now, back to the show. And we're back here on Content Pros with Michelle Lynn with the Content Marketing Institute. And Michelle, maybe uh, before I finish that sentence, um, I understand that you are working you know, broadly with a lot of different clients now to understand kind of what their needs are with respect to content marketing and where they can take their programs. And I'm curious what you're starting to find as um, in today's market, what are the biggest questions you're hearing and, and challenges that organizations are facing um, around content marketing? And, and does it differ by the size of company, maturity of company, or, or things like that? You know, so as I'm talking to clients, and actually, um, I'll bring in another, you know, data point, if, if you will. I recently, we did a session at the last session of Content Marketing World, and we also had people share their aha moments that they learned during, you know, our, 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 our event. Um, so what I'm hearing from, you know, people who go, who go to events like Content Marketing World, and what I'm, I'm hearing from clients is a lot of people are actually at a very similar spot. And it's the people just need to step back and figure out what, what their strategy is, who their audience is and, and, and so forth. So I feel like it's one of those things where it's, um, I hate to say that people just need the basics, but I feel like a lot of clients I talk to just need those, those basics because they're doing so much and they want to get it, it right. Um, but they just need to back up and, and spend that time putting together the, the actual plan and the actual strategy. Yeah, hey, Tyler, I, yeah. I'm, I'm curious at Vidyard, like for you guys, who figures out who that audience is? Is that a VP marketing role or is that a head of content role or is that, you know, is that even a CEO role in terms of who's the audience we want to connect with? Like, how does that actually work at Vidyard? 
Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's actually evolved over time. But we, um, you know, we put a lot of um, focus within our, our product marketing organization. Who, you know, we we believe the product marketing team is responsible for you know understanding the market, understanding the products, and understanding the audiences, and then connecting those three in uh, in, in in ways that make sense. And so, as part of those exercises, they not only define our you know, the, 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 the typical personas that you would look at, but, you know, also to, to develop stories behind some of these audiences and, and better understand them. That said, at the same time, we drive our content marketing leaders um, to be engaged in the community and to not just sit back and, you know, like an, an armchair chair quarterback and watch the market and write, um, but to really engage with audiences and on social to join customer calls and things like that so they can get a pulse on what questions people are really asking um, within our market and they can use that to, to feed into their strategy. Strategy. Um, and then our, our SEO digital team also feeds into it um, to make sure that we're tracking and understanding, you know, what are some of the search terms and keywords that are, are really fueling conversations out there. Um, so we try to make it a, a cross-discipline activity. Um, and then the content leader um, really takes all of that and, and then owns that messaging to the audience. Um, so it, it's, it's very fluid in how it happens. And we try to get a lot of people to contribute to it. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, we're, we're doing similar stuff over at Uberflip where not I, I think we're doing a lot of what you describe, but some of the areas that we're finding the most interest to figure out who the right audience is. And granted, this requires being in market for a bit, but it's, it's leveraging our sales team and our uh, success team, our post-sales team, to figure out who are the customers they're actually connecting with? What are the challenges that they identified? And then kind of going back to the drawing board and saying, how do we evolve our content strategy to better nail the right people the next time around? Yeah, and I think one of the interesting things about that, and, and we, we do similar to, to make sure we are staying on ball with like what, what has to happen next and, you know, kind of back to that that point, Michelle, um, you know, one of the things that I feel has happened over the years is a lot of companies got stuck in the, you know, our content strategy is our blog and our blog are, you know, written articles, you know, 500 to 800 words in length. And there's sort of a definition around it. And, you know, then they, they end up again, a few years later, they realize they're going through the motions of, you know, this content strategy, which is really just, you know, three blogs per week at this length and, you know, targeting certain keywords. Um, and I think, you know, we've tried to make sure we don't get caught in that trap and infusing different styles of content, infographics and videos, um, you know, making sure we're, we're creating content that's relevant to our sales team as well as to our online strategy and whatnot. Um, and, and so, you know, I don't know if you guys are, are, are seeing the same things, but I think as we step back and think about the why of our content strategy and then the sort of how and what, um, it's actually really refreshing to take that perspective and say, well, we don't have to do things the way we've been doing them. What really would be the way to connect with people in a, in a more interesting way? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's really, I think that's fabulous. You guys are 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 doing that, and I think, and we're actually in a, in a similar phase, you know, with with um CMI too. For what it's worth, I I wrote a post. I think it was the summer, or this spring, and it was called something like "Your content strategy is not your editorial calendar," and it it was one of those like ranty pieces, but I, it it really resonated with with a lot of of people because, like you say, a lot of people think, okay, I'm I'm going to write about this. This is this is my my um strategy, but that's that's not, those are topics. That's not AM strategy. But I think that, um, to your point, a lot of these companies who've been doing it a long time, and I would put CMI in the same boat, you know, I think it's really worthwhile to step back and, and figure out where is, is, is the market changing and, and how are, 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 are things, how are things evolving instead of just doing things the way that you've always done them because that's how they've always been, been, been done. 
and I feel like with with CMI and with a lot of other businesses, we really are at 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 this um in, at this in, inflection point. And I know as a team, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things that that we're doing. Um, like for instance, we've talked about you know it doesn't make sense to be still publishing a a blog post every every, every single day. You know, do people need that much much information, or 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 should we be restructuring our our team so that we can so we can put effort in into other things that are going to help people? Or you know, we've we've looked at our at the way that we measure our our our, our success. And we're, you know, we are intentionally, like for instance, this summer we put together um, posts on how different verticals do content marketing. And in the past, those those types of posts never, you know, quote unquote, do very well because those those audiences are 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 so very niche. But we just was, we just we just we just said, you know what? Even though they might not do well in terms of traffic and or conversions, you know, these are stories that we really should should be be telling. So we just decided to, to, to move forward. So we're just trying to look at what the market needs and not always being not always tying everything so closely back to metrics, knowing that just because something doesn't do as as well as as something else, that it, it's it's still fine. Because a lot of our pieces that do really, really well are those really basic pieces. And I think that that's fine. But at the same time, I feel like there's a whole segment of this, of this market that really needs beyond basic. So we're, we're trying to do different things to hit different audiences or, or different levels of, of, of education. Yeah, how do you, how do, you do that? That's, it's, a, it's a great question because, you know, I mean, to, to the earlier point, seven years of doing this, a lot of people have really excelled and become content marketing experts. Or as we say on this podcast, a lot of the people we have are content, content marketing pros, right? Um, but a lot of people are just jumping in for the first time. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I mentioned that Convince and Convert does this. Jay Baer does a great content marketing class uh, available at contentmarketingclass.com. You know, for those who are just jumping in, want to understand better, want to raise their game. But, you know, how do you speak to someone with, you know, to be honest, I think content marketing has become such a loaded term, right? On on day one, seven years ago, I think, as you said, it was, how do I create content? And as a result, content marketing became this, uh, you know, way that we create content as opposed to, as you said, now we have to think about how do people consume that content? How do they distribute that content? So how do you think about, you know, the maturity of the of the actual marketing practitioner out there? You know, so that's something that we've been talking a lot about as a as a team. And like, as we talked about, I mean, there's some people who are just getting started and, it, and I'm always so surprised and I don't know why it always surprises me, but there are so many people who are just getting started that there is a huge need for that, that for that information. And I think the way that we really try to help those people best is we really want to, we really want to connect the dots. So there's not all of this disparate information out there, but there's really like, here's, here's an actual process to, to follow. Um, and not to be too pluggy, but we actually have an event that we do each each fall. It's 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 a it's a road show, and Robert Rose and and Joe Polizzi will go out, and they'll actually talk about content marketing from start to finish. Um, and then we turn that the the content from that event in, into our our um, curriculum for our our um, CMI University. So that's where we we suggest people go to if they're if they're starting you know from start to finish. Um, and then what we've been trying to do, like we have different vehicles to talk to different levels. Um, so we have a, a magazine chief content officer that focuses more on on 
on trends. We have an event in the spring called Intelligent Content Conference that really looks at, at, at the um, future of, of, of content. So we try to have different offerings for different people depending on where they actually are. And then the, the, the and then our, our blog hits you know the basic topics all, all the way through the um, it, it, through the advanced topics. So I mean it's definitely not something I, I don't think that we have figured it out yet, but it's something that we are actively trying to work on because as the audience grows, as the audience has shifted over this past seven years, you, you still have those people at the beginning, but you have those people who are, you know, at, at, at the end. So we have to try to hit, try to be helpful to as many people as, as you possibly can be. So, so let me ask the burning question on, on my side, which is, you know, those who are either, you know, pretty mature with their content strategy or they're looking to, you know, kind of reinvent themselves and, and kind of leapfrog the competition a little bit and uh, kind of embrace what's new. Um, you know, are there any things you're seeing as really uh, critical parts of the next frontier of content marketing? Are there, you know, media types? Are there, you know, styles of content? Are there different approaches that you're, you're expecting are going to be, you know, the real buzz over the next few years as ways for people to to really you know take their content strategy to the next level i mean i think the companies that are going to do really well are those companies that have a really solid place a really solid process in place so that they can scale and it's those companies that once they have a really solid strategy and they have the people and they have the process those companies that can really start to 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 use technology in a way that makes a lot of sense because technology can can enable so many things from you know AI to personalization to you know there's so many things that technology can can do but I don't think people are most companies are there yet to actually use it really really well so I think there's a huge opportunity for those those people who 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 lead the the, the pack to start doing those types of things yeah it's it's an exciting time for sure uh, so we've gotten to know so much about what you've done for work over the last seven years. But, you know, one of the ways we always love to wrap up this podcast is to get to know the guests a little bit when they're not at work. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a softball for you. You know, I, and yeah. you may or may not win people over at work with this answer. So anytime I see you or any of your peers from Content Marketing Institute, you're wearing orange. What is your true favorite color, though? Like, is it orange or, you know, is your, is your cupboard like kind of got like an orange pile and then some actual variety? You know what, Mike, I'll be honest. I have my orange stuff that I, I wear to um, CMI events because I always want to support. But um, I, I hate to sound boring, but I have a lot of black, a lot of gray. I like jeans. I like a lot of, you know, I, I, I like basic things. I don't like getting... Fashion does it, it doesn't interest me, so I just have my mix and match, match pieces that I I can wear and not have to worry about it. Gotcha. Yeah. Very very simple and pragmatic. I always wonder what certain you know brand ambassadors for their companies' cupboards look like. Like Tyler, I imagine yours is like all green. You know, as you would all imagine, mine is all pink. In fact, my kids have like even my boys are more comfortable to wear pink than any other kid in their class. It's it's kind of fun. Um, That's awesome. But uh, my other question for you is, is more so like when you're not working, what type of content are you consuming? Um, is it, you know, and, and you can't say Content Marketing Institute's content, even though it's awesome and there's, you know, enough there to, to keep us busy every day. But, you know, what, what blogs are you going to? What threads are you going to just to keep, you know, your own, you know, sanity? 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different stuff I, I look at. If you, if you're, I think, if I'm, in, if, if you're looking for marketing stuff, I'm a huge fan of Andy Crestadina at Orbit Media. They have a fantastic blog. Um, I love reading Doug Doug Kessler at, at Velocity. I follow Anne Anne Hamley. Um, her voice is just so wonderful. I, I read I read not only what she writes, but how 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 she says it. This is the same as is, is true for for Doug. Um, and quite honestly, I've been trying to read a lot more out, outside of the industry because I think that's where you get, you know, I feel like that's just where you, you get, you get in, in, inspired. Um, you know, and like right now I'm really interested in, in, in mindfulness and I'm really interested in just turning off and being present. Um, and so actually sometimes, which is, this might, might sound backwards, but I actually try to, to not consume content and just get really comfortable with quiet so just to let my my brain reset and it's harder than it seems but it sounds but anyway so I'm, I'm almost taking that I'm almost like going back to basics and, and trying to turn things off yeah I think that that's a great idea great practice I try and do that myself when I get home and you know put my kids to bed for that you know 45 minutes or so I mean I actually stopped wearing an apple watch for that reason which was I couldn't fully disconnect and I think, uh, you know, there's value in it sometimes. It allows you to clear your mind and, and focus on, on other things. So, uh, you know, good on you for, for making that a priority. Anyways, Michelle, this has been a ton of fun. Um, you know, on behalf of Tyler at Vidyard and myself, Randy at Uberflip, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to join us on Content Pros. If people have been listening in and enjoying this, we have a whole bunch of other podcasts you can check out at contentprospodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts so you can find us. Please enjoy and leave us feedback as to what you want to hear more of. Until next time, thank you, Michelle Lynn, for joining us from Content Marketing Institute. And this has been the Content Pros Podcast. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com.